Welcome to Our View Podcast, where we talk about life, travel, and real estate. Join George and Lisa Hernandez each week as they share insights and parenting tips about their life as a blended family with four teens, their crazy travel and adventures, and get Lisa's pro input about real estate as she juggles it all while still managing her top producing real estate brokerage, View Properties. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Our View Podcast. I'm Lisa Richard Hernandez. And I'm George Hernandez. And we are going to continue today with our trip details as we left Hawthorne, Nevada, and we drove into Las Vegas. Yes, one of my favorite places. We go to Vegas quite often. We used to go like twice a year. So, fun fact, George and I met in Las Vegas, and that's where our love affair began. And then um, we had our bachelor-bachelorette party there together um, when we got married. Yes, that was so much fun. We like to play poker, and and we like to gamble, and um, we just enjoy Las Vegas a lot, but we had never, ever been there in an RV. And when we talked about getting an RV and when we got the RV we were like oh wouldn't it be so cool if we could take this thing to Vegas and it's just if we were to drive straight directly from Charleston South Carolina to Las Vegas and we drove full on pretty much every day it'd be about a four three to four day trip no it would definitely be four closer to four to five yeah so that's a lot of driving and I was like uh we're just gonna fly there (laughs) and stay in a fancy hotel that was before we had our RV. No, it was when we even when we had the RV. Anyways, I didn't want to drive five days to get where I could just fly to. Oh, in the old the in the old coach, yeah. Yeah. So when we planned this trip, we debated. We were excited because we were already going to be on the west coast of the United States, and we debated whether or not we should go to Las Vegas at all because of COVID. So many things are closed down. So we debated back and forth about that and we said, okay, well, let's just spend a couple days there. And we had stalked this place online, um, I guess for years before we ended up out there and it's called the Las Vegas Motor Coach Resort. And this is a luxury RV resort. It's it's only for A class. I don't know if you can stay in a B or C class there. Drivable units, no tow behinds, no trailers, no fifth wheels, nothing. Like mostly what's in here, um, and they have to be less than 10 years old, is a luxury motor coach, which we have a 2018 40-foot Tiff and Phaeton, and um, we fit in there just fine. Uh, but this place, uh, if you're going to splurge on camping, quote-unquote camping, <laughs> yeah. it is definitely more of a resort than a campground. Which Far is from awesome. camping. Yeah, it was yes. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were super excited to try that out. And we, since we were, when we ended up having to be rerouted from uh, the Sequoia National Park, we ended up uh, having to go east of the Sierras. That's how we ended up in Hawthorne. And we added two days to our, to our stay in Las Vegas. Um, and we were fortunate enough to get a space there for six nights. Six nights. They had to twist my arm. Mm-hmm. But we did it. You know, what else are we going to do? We, this is another place that we almost bought a lot at. They had the lots range in price from, I think they were around like 150 starting up to 
four or five hundred thousand for an RV lot. Yes, and um, then there was that one ridiculous one that was like, like eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, so they had little casitas and outdoor kitchens. The place we stayed on had a fireplace, outdoor kitchen, um, really, really beautifully landscaped. Uh, All the lots were beautiful, mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful, and some were still just a bare pad and then some were completely over the top. Um, two of the lots were, I guess, owned by Siegfried and Roy. Oh yeah. You could tell Remember? the ones that were owned those, by Siegfried and Roy. There animals, like, statues of animals all over both of the uh, lots. Yeah. It, was pre- it was actually pretty cool. Yeah. If I have any pictures, I have to post those to our, um, to our website. Cause that was pretty yes. funny actually. And I do need, um, hold on, I need to correct you in something you said. You can bring a tow-behind vehicle. You said no tow-behinds. Well, no, no trailers, no... Um, like a fifth wheel. I can't... Right, right. It has okay. to be a drivable unit. Yeah, no fifth you wheels. You can tow your, your car, Jeep, right. or whatever, like our Jeep, we can tow there. Um, but you can't stay in anything aside from an A-Class. But the place is absolutely beautiful. The landscaping is beautiful. They had, what, six pools? Um, it's 41 acres and they have um, uh, a nine hole lighted, lighted putting course, uh, tennis, tennis, pickleball. Um, they had uh, like a 10,000 square foot entertainment each, um, facility. We didn't really get to go inside there very much because of COVID, but they have a concert hall, like big flat screen TVs and outdoor kitchen. I mean, it looks like, when it's not COVID, that it's probably really nice. And um, upstairs, they have a full bar. Uh, yeah, out st- outside, um, uh, like exercise equipment, sauna, uh, sh- really nice showers. Yeah, everything is really really nice. Um, and part of the property is a diner. Yes, there's a restaurant on site, yes. which is great. So if you don't have a tow vehicle, um, this is a great place to go. You can just you know literally go to the diner for it was open from eight in the morning until about two o'clock i think yeah breakfast and lunch no dinner yeah and it was very good i think probably the best avocado toast i've really ever had there it was was really 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 good um so it was like a diner but it was a little bit you know kind of upscale for a diner i guess and uh we really enjoyed that we went there one time um the lvm is conveniently located it is at the end of the strip on the I don't know if it's north, south, east, or west, but it's on the um, MGM, MGM Mandalay Bay, Mandalay Bay side, Mandalay Bay side, all of the, the way. Um, so we Ubered everywhere, and I think our most expensive Uber was twenty dollars because we went to Fremont, which is on the complete opposite end of the strip. If that gives you an idea of Uber expense, yeah. Um, and then the casinos. Let's let's talk okay. about that. That was um, quite the experience with the COVID. I think things have opened up a little bit more at, uh, since we've been there. They've opened up shows, so there's some shows going on. When we were there, there were no shows. All right. And, so uh, it's November, and we did this trip. Uh, it was the end of September, and so we're a little behind in our podcast uh, updates. Yeah. So I don't know what's really changed in in Las Vegas since then, but um, back in September there was the mandatory masks, and then, for example, at the blackjack table where there would normally be six players, there was only three, so everything was yeah. at fifty percent capacity. So like the 
every other slot machine was turned off. Yeah. And uh, how do they do roulette? Same? Half? Half. Mm -hmm. uh, three people per table. So basically they just put three chairs and that was it. Um, and then in roulette was, the table was open. And what I mean by that is when you sat at blackjack, you sat like in your own little pod of plexiglass. <laughs> which yeah. was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, same thing with poker. I played in a poker tournament. Took third place, by the way. Thank you very much. Yeah, where did and you play that poker tournament? Where did I play that one? Oh, at... um. South Point Casino. Oh, okay. They ran a very nice poker tournament. So if anybody's in Vegas, go to South Point Casino. They run a great yeah, poker tournament. Yeah, actually, let's talk about South Point Casino just for a second because it's not on the strip. And it's a place that we found kind of by accident uh, when we were looking, researching foodie restaurants to go to. And they have uh, this really cool place um, that's like an old school uh, steakhouse. So it used to be a private club for high rollers only. And their big claim to fame is where, that's where the Rat Pack hung out. And um, they have pictures of Frank Sinatra, all, all the whole Rat Pack inside the place. But it, they, when did we go there? About five years ago? I don't think it was that long. It's called Michael's Gourmet Room. Michael's Gourmet Room. And it's like high red velvet. Um, it's everything you would imagine Vegas to be. When like Vegas was Vegas. Booths and, I mean, the waiters all wore tuxedos and they give you this gigantic fruit platter at the end and all these like, I don't know, what wasn't it like olives and pickles? Yeah, like an almost, olive and pickle tray. I mean, so like a, much Almost food. like a 70s throwback kind of, yes. um, but it was very good. Um, really like a really unique special place that you may not ever think to go to. It's called Michael's Gourmet Room, and it is in South Point Casino. And the service is spectacular. Yeah. So that's how we found South Point in the first place. And we preferred that a little bit over the... Okay, so all of the casinos that we normally go to on the Strip, like Caesars, we're... Uh, we, there's M Life and there's um, Total Rewards. Total Rewards. And I think we do more with the total rewards. total rewards. So we try to stay at their properties and Caesars, for example, is one of those. And when we go to um, Caesars, the minimum, the minimum tables were like $25 minimum hands. And at blackjack, only, at everything, roulette. Yeah. So including roulette, which is $25. You got to lay out $25 in chips, which is we, we, I mean, yeah. usually it's five dollars. No, usually it's like ten dollars at night yeah. on a Friday or Saturday night. On a Friday you get a or Saturday, yeah, ten dollars. You get a ten dollar roulette table. So um, we were there with some friends that had come in from Charleston. We met them at Caesars and had a couple cocktails. And we said, "Oh, let's go hit the tables and play some blackjack." And we just wandered around. And we're like, "This is crazy!" Like, you know, if you put twenty five chips down on roulette, each on a different number, you can only win. $35, so it's not a big win, um, right? Right, but you can double you put, up your chips. Right, so you, you can, would put like two, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's different ways to do it, but you still got to put out $25 every roll. Right. Which, you know, sometimes we do that if we win and we start piling up chips, then I'm pretty aggressive and I'll just start piling them on. But to start at 25 it's like, 
it hurts I, a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know, you take five, $500. So it just wasn't like what we were looking for that night. So we decided to, hey, let's go hit Fremont Street. And Fremont always has like dollar roulette tables and cheap, like little bit, barely any minimums. Like, um, and so we really enjoy going down to Fremont Street. It's normally one of our favorite places. And it's just super fun down there. Just yeah, walking like through the street. Super cheesy. Um, like the, they usually have like all the outdoor bars with those gigantic, ridiculous frozen drinks in the cups with that are like a giant boot or some giant lady. Really? You know, <laughs> yes. I always make George throw away our plastic cups. I like have to like dispose of them. He's flown them home before. Oh it's yeah. So annoying. Like we don't need any more plastic junk cups, but anyways, all of that was closed for COVID. There were no outdoor bars and they were, Really, it was super hard to get a drink unless you were sitting at a table. I mean, there wasn't a bar that you could just walk e- up to. Yeah, and e- even even that was pretty hard. It, it was it, it, it was the hardest time to get a drink that I've ever had in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. if, does that make sense? Yes, it was. I mean, usually they're like, yeah. you, you're not even done with one and they're bringing you another one. Right. Yeah. This one, it was like, constantly asking the the pit boss to hey where's the drink girl yeah so that was that was kind of a that was kind of a bummer but we did play for a while at fremont um i think they had like a five dollar minimum table or yeah something. that was and a lot of fun so we enjoyed ourselves there for a little while but they did card us which was very unusual also for fremont they were they had security outside of the casino had to be 21 to get in they um they one place was taking temperatures too yeah and they had i believe they had a capacity and then usually fremont is like late night like open all the time just and they shut that thing down at 11 o'clock at night i mean it was get out go home get off the streets like closing down blocks and again this is a couple months late so things have changed so don't don't well, I would say definitely do your research before you plan your trip to Las Vegas right now because or anywhere in the country. Well, I don't think anything is going to have really changed that dramatically. Um, as a matter of fact, they're doing more lockdowns right now at a lot of places. So, um, you know, just kind of take that take that in mind if you're going to plan a trip to Las Vegas. The other thing is I love about Las Vegas is all of the shows, and. We've seen in the past, we've seen J-Lo, we've seen Pitbull, we've seen, um, I mean, Bunch everything, the Blue Man Group, Absinthe is our absolute That's favorite. That's our favorite. Um, have we done a podcast on just Las Vegas before? No, this is our first one. Oh, because there's so much to talk about on things that are non-COVID time, which is like Absinthe is one of our favorite shows there. It's in a tur- circus tent outside of... Uh, Caesars. Caesars and it's just so raunchy but hilarious and I think we've seen it like four or five times right uh, at least and and each time it's a little bit different so yeah, it was, it, it's it, been it's, a pleasure really every fun. time so as an aside I highly recommend Absinthe as uh, one of the shows that you do go to when it is not coronavirus and I hope they don't shut down because Cirque du Soleil did file for bankruptcy. I know, and that's really disappointing to hear because Cirque du Soleil was kind of a part of an experience that you could get when you went to Vegas. I'm hoping that it's just the kind of bankruptcy that's that restructuring or whatever so that they can stay afloat and and work their way out of it. Hopefully we'll come back. Um, 
And so if they do, we'll be there to support them. That's right. That's right. Um, so we also did not go to any pools while we were there. We went to the pool in the resort, Las Vegas Motor Coach Resort. Yes, which was very nice. And they had they had the the hot tub closed off and they, they took away a bunch of uh, chairs, lounge chairs. So it was very spaced out, very well done. Um, and there weren't a lot of people there anyway. So, but no. it, it was a beautiful pool. Yeah, I love that pool. It was a beautiful pool. I think we went there like three different days. But, you know, it's not like the pools of Las no. Vegas summertime where you're drinking and partying at the pool. It, it was My not. favorite pool is a little plug for Caesars, but their pool jams. It's an um, awesome pool. Plus, not a lot of people know this, so don't spread the word, people. <laughs> but... If you go into the pool and you go toward the back, there's a little waterfall, and underneath the waterfall, there's four, five, six uh, blackjack tables yeah. in the pool. Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, you, if you want to get a drink, go play a couple of hands of blackjack, and they'll bring them to you free all day long. Um, that yeah, that so we didn't do that type of Las Vegas experience. So we were looking for some different things to do, and um, the last time we were there, I said, okay. I want to do a Food Network um, tour of Las Vegas because, uh, well, especially during quarantine, we basically just watched Food Network Channel during the day that was our daytime TV <laughs> before we could go to our nighttime shows on Netflix, which is kind of a joke. But um, so we very first thing I did was get reservations at Hell's Kitchen. Yes, that was so cool. Yeah, I, w I mean, of course, it wasn't during the show or anything like that, but they had the red kitchen and the blue kitchen. And if you watch the show, um, which I did for years, the famous things that he makes is a beef wellington, uh, scallops, seared scallops, and a um, risotto. Lo lobster risotto. And what's the name of the dessert? Taffy. Toffee. St sticky toffee sticky cake. Sticky toffee cake. So Save that for last. Yes. So I had to know, like, first off, how could anybody go on to Hell's Kitchen and not know how to make a perfectly seared scallop and not know how to make perfect risotto? Because that's what, like, he's always yelling at the people in the kitchen, like, this is, look at this scallop, it's raw, <laughs> or whatever, uh, yelling at the people, or look at this, you know, Wellington. But I will tell you, the food was excellent. Um, it better be. <laughs> it was very expensive. Yeah, after all of that. Um, but what I did, I order, um, we got the, the lobster risotto and it was delicious. That was very delicious. So the texture of the risotto was more like, it wasn't thick. Like I would have thought a risotto normally should be. It was sort of a little bit more runny. Um, but it was really, really, really good. But that's, that's what I liked about it, that it was a little... That's I don't know if I would say runny. It was more creamy. Right. I guess that's apparently um, how it's supposed to be. Right. It wasn't like thick. It wasn't lumpy. Yes. It like, didn't It didn't feel like I was eating rice, where sometimes you, you get risotto and you're like, this tastes like rice. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, and then the beef wellington was, I don't know how they got that giant piece of steak like so perfectly cooked all the way through without burning the outside. That must be a special trick that they do, but it was very good. The beef Wellington. Um, I, I will say that the scallops, 
Um, I mean, they weren't bad, but I've definitely had better scallops other places. I'm not sure if I was on the show as a, <laughs> as a guest. I'd like to think that if I was a guest, I'd be like, I think these scallops are overcooked. <laughs> I wanted to pick up the plate and throw it on the floor just to be <laughs> like him. Not that they were terrible. I just That was the only thing that was not like what the, we expected, I yeah. guess. And, and you just got the filet mignon, right? Yes, and that was fantastic. Yeah. Perfectly cooked, super tender. I don't even think I needed a knife. Yeah, and then you got a special. Um, so we had cocktails, oh. and you got some sort of special bourbon drink that. It is called Smoke on the Boulevard. Oh. I remembered the name. That's how good it is. And I usually don't remember names. But it, it was it was kind of a, a, almost like an old-fashioned, but they put it in this glass box and brought it to you with the glass box full of smoke. So they smoked the drink for you. And, you know, it's this big presentation to give you the, the drink, and you pull it out of the box, and all the smoke comes out with it, and it was fantastic. Great yeah. drink if you're ever there. And you like old fashioned type drinks, get one of those. Yeah. Smoke on the boulevard. I just looked it up. It says um, it was $19. Woodford Rye, Aperol, Amaro, Averna, Sweet Vermouth, smoked with cherry wood. That's what is in the cocktail. And it was delicious. Yes. I think you saw the person next to us get it in the smoky thing, and you're like, what's that? I want one of those. No, it absolutely. Cool. I wanted one of those because it was super cool, but actually tasted fantastic yeah yep and we also went for lunchtime which um i kind of liked that we did that because it was a huge meal and i i was like really happy that we didn't um overdo it you know they do have a prefix menu there that you can get um three courses for 85.95 with the wine pairing it's 135 um but you can get the paint scallops and the beef wellington, and then the sticky pof- toffee pudding. Okay, let's talk about that. The sticky toffee pudding. Oh, my God. I, I don't know what... I don't even know what that is made out of. Crack, because we just wanted more and more and more. It was it, delicious. We got one and shared <clears throat> that because we were so stuffed, and I wish that we could have had... Two each. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I, I could have eaten as many as they brought out. I would have just kept eating it. That's how it was probably one of the best desserts I've ever had in my life. Yeah, I was I was just looking. I just looked up the recipe while we were talking. Um, and I guess sticky toffee pudding is actually like a, a thing. Um, th- a lot of that they make in Europe, I guess that's probably um why Gordon Ramsay has it, but it's got vanilla ice cream on it. It's almost like um, it's got dates in it. I can't even describe it. You can't. You just got to go there and you got to order it and you'll thank us later. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's exactly true. Um, where else did we, speaking of, while we're out, while we're talking about food that we ate our way through Las Vegas? What oh, about I know where you're going. The dirt dog. The dirt dog. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this was not on the strip, but I think they have several locations in Las Vegas. Um, It looks like they have two. One on Las Vegas Boulevard and one on Rainbow Boulevard. And I think Snoop Dogg owns them or something. 
I don't know, because they had murals of Snoop Dogg, Eminem, a bunch of rappers. Uh, so I don't know if there's any affiliation. If there is, wonderful. If not, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well. But I will tell you what. Whoever created the menus, they were smoking a little weed because oh, the, yeah. the, the oh, combinations that went into these hot dogs are just people that had the munchies. Yeah, like how about these DUI fries? That is pastrami, carne asada, bacon bits, cheddar cheese, chipotle, aioli, and cilantro. <laughs> yeah, that 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 screams, I'm so high, I need something to eat. I know. I got the pastrami dog, which was a Nathan's hot dog with ra- bake, wrapped in bacon um, with pastrami pickles, um, cheese, honey mustard, bacon bits, and sweet pepper aioli. It was like a heartburn and a and a bite, but it was so good. And then you got two. I don't even know. Yeah, I, I my eyes were bigger than my mouth, but my mouth caught up to my eyes because I did eat both of them. Yes, yeah. And they they were so damn good. Mine was the 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 one that was like Mexican street corn. Yeah, that's broken down and put on top of a hot dog, and yeah. all the hot dogs were wrapped in bacon, all of them. Uh. Yeah, it was wrapped in bacon. It had corn, lime, and mayonnaise. Um, Katia, that's that like that white crinkly, crumbly, crumbly cheese. cheese, chili, cilantro, and bacon bits. <laughs> and it had a lime on top. And they serve them in those kind of rolls that you serve a lobster roll in. Yes. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a hot dog bun. Like st- yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think they're well. Marijuana is recreational, legal in Las Vegas. I'm pretty sure. That we might have been the only people that weren't high in line. <laughs> Us and the two kids that were there with their parents. <laughs> but besides that, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure everybody was like <laughs> just ready to devour hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. So if you have like a hangover uh, one day in Vegas and you want to go eat some really bad food that's delicious, um, go to Dirt Dog and check it out. It was just a totally. Like, and you don't have to be high to eat it. It's delicious regardless oh but if you were high i bet you that would be <laughs> even better even yeah like, i would have probably ate four <laughs> not that i get high <laughs> oh gee okay so that what else was our restaurant experiences when we were in las vegas i'm trying to remember oh okay. we both so, had it at the same time yeah so we were in the pool at the resort and we were talking to some of the owners that there that were there that were in the pool and we were saying Man, I'm so disappointed that, um, you know, there's no shows to go to. So, and he goes, there is one show in Vegas open right now. And I was like, what is it? And it's a dinner show. And it's, it's brand- called the Supper Club. Yeah, it's 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 brand new. Um, it used to be, it's in the Bellagio, right? Yes, it's in the Bellagio where the old nightclub was, which I can't remember the name of it right now. What the old, yeah, it, but it overlooks the fountains. Yep. Um, so you're like on the Bellagio side of the fountains and um, there used to be like at, when it was a nightclub, it was like open, like a like a deck kind of like outside. You can also sit outside there. There's tables out there now. But if you get those seats that you're looking at the fountains then you'd be behind the stage where the show is. Yeah. So we had seats inside right in front of the stage. And in the daytime, we were we were early birds on that one too. We were, I think we had one at five o'clock because that was all that was available. 
um, for last minute reservations. Um, but you could see the fountains through the windows behind the performers that were on the stage. And um, that was also an excellent meal. Yes, and the performance was a, a live jazz band that was pretty incredible. Yeah, and then they had the singing lady and like the yeah. costumes, and it was it was very Las Vegas, old Vegas. Yes, like really cool Vegas. Y- yeah, well, Vegas is really cool now, but it, it's what I always imagined like the Rat Pack days. Yeah, like like flappers and <laughs> jazz yeah 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 and, and they had the, the really long cool. trench coats and and i think you had the prime rib yes i think it was this like really delicious gigantic prime rib that you don't normally get prime rib but it was very very good um and uh i think i may have gotten uh i think you got some kind of fish didn't you yes i think i had salmon there, which was also very, very, yeah, King Salmon. Yes, I did. And that was also very good, not fishy, delicious. Oh, we had caviar. Yes, we haven't had caviar in a long time. Yep. And it was, it was really good. Yeah, it was, it was good caviar. So um, it was definitely not an inexpensive evening as far as dinners are concerned. I think the prime rib was $75. Um, and that is just the meat without the sides. So if you're looking, but, but you're getting a show. You have to consider that into the price. Like it's dinner which is, and a which show. Which is exactly what the, the guy at the pool told us. He said, you know, it, it is pricey, but you got to factor in that you're getting a show with your meal. Yep. And I feel like there was an early dinner. Uh, oh, there is a $75 three um, course meal that you can get um, from yeah, five pre- to six. preset menu, right? Yep. Yep. So those are some little specials that you can get. Um, you know, I think when you do those like prefix menus and just choose like three courses for $75, that's a pretty good bargain if you f- figure the food and a show. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we definitely enjoyed that. And then I almost forgot our very, very favorite place uh, in the whole world. Monami. Monami Gabi, which Mon-Ami is in Gabi. Paris across the street from. It's right underneath the Eiffel Tower. In Las Vegas. Yes. It's my absolute favorite place to go. We go there every time we go to Las Vegas if we don't go twice. And sometimes twice in one day. Several times. We've done that. <laughs> so our favorite thing at Mona Migabi is the escargot. It's, um, yes, snails, but in, it's served in like the traditional way with the little hole, with the little round thing with the holes in it where the snails are and this garlic butter that is so delicious. I don't know what the seasoning, how they, why theirs is so much better. I'm not really sure. It's but probably it's, because there's a stick of butter in every hole. Something like that. <laughs> and then they serve you this whole entire long French bread, like long roll, like a whole roll, like a, yeah, giant a, whole loaf. Lo- a loaf of French bread. and Which is made on site and it's delicious it's like comes and out warm. warm. And I mean, just that alone is a great meal for, for us to get with like a martini or something. And then, um, we've done that for lunch. Yes. Along with a French onion soup, which is to die for. Yes. We sat there at the bar one day, this is pre COVID. And the guy next to us ate one whole bowl of soup. We watched him eat it. And then he's like, I'll have another one of these. Like eight That's, two. You know it's good when somebody orders two bowls of French onion soup at the bar. Yeah, and he ate both. 
Yeah, it was. That is one of our favorite places. And that also usually requires a reservation as well. Um, but, the, you know, the prices, it's funny that I felt, felt like after we went to some of the other places like Hell's Kitchen and the Mayfair Supper Club, that um, <laughs> Mona Mee seemed very reasonable. Absolutely for, very know, $25 reasonable. $25 a plate meal. Um, it was fabulous. So but, here's my Vegas trip uh, tip for Mona Mee, Gabby. Make a reservation because you're going to need one. When you make your reservation request, patio seating they may or may not take it but when you get there they'll ask you if you want to sit on the patio or inside i don't care how long the wait is wait for the patio because that makes the atmosphere the ambiance because you're sitting across from the bellagio fountain so every 15 minutes you're getting a show from the fountain you're sitting outside I've never been to Paris, but it feels like, you know, you're under the Eiffel Tower. It feels like you're in Paris. You got the fountains going. Yes. It's, it's yeah. super romantic. Yes. Very cool. Very romantic. And um, great food. Great service. One of our favorite places. But I guess that was one thing about COVID. We, got, we had a lot of luck getting in to a lot of our favorite restaurants without too much problem. Yeah. Our wait was Mm-mm. the shortest wait we've ever had for... The, yeah, the there wasn't very uh, many people. At, or there wasn't very many people at Paris. Not all the casinos and, and stuff were open when we were there either. It was kind of like everything was sort of fifty percent. I would say well, fifty or zero. MGM was completely closed. Um, yeah. it, 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 I was surprised how many casinos were completely closed and how many were at fifty percent uh, capacity. But again, from what I have heard. Things are picking up, but now with the outbreak again, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So just do your homework. If you're heading to Vegas, make sure you ask questions and find out what's open and what's what's not. Yeah. We had heard from a friend of ours that they were like, he's like, there's nobody there. There's a bunch of homeless people and a bunch of like people on drugs and stuff just hanging around. And I didn't see a lot of that or more than that as of normal. Although marijuana being recreational there now in Las Vegas, almost everywhere you pull up to everything smells like you can smell marijuana pretty much everywhere. Outside. Pretty pretty much. I mean, it's, yeah. you can tell there's a ton of people smoking. Yeah. Um, but it, I don't know. I, it's not necessarily like in your face or. Right. It wasn't. It's not, an, it's not like annoying. It's just like <laughs> obvious, I guess. Which is yeah. just, I guess coming from a state that it's not legal, it just seems so weird. It's like, oh my God, those people over there are smoking marijuana like right there. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it takes it takes a day or two to get used get to the adjusted. fact that people are smoking weed in the streets. <laughs> yeah. Um like, which again, I don't know unless things have changed, but I think when, you can only smoke it in your house or something. Right. When we were time. there, they had just passed the law to make it recreational, but the the caveat to it was that you couldn't smoke in the streets or in the hotels. Or in the hotel room, so you had to smoke in your residence yeah so i don't know clearly people aren't following clearly it's not working (laughs) yep either that or one guy with one joint was following us all week yeah i don't (laughs) think that was it no um another thing i just reminded me because we went to aria which is um one another hotel that we like to usually stay at we've stayed there a few times um it's connected to uh these really high-end shops like the the largest louis vuitton stores in there um they have like every 
like you name it it's there YSL yeah they have every every um Gucci every high-end store you can find there was literally lines you had to wait outside of the store oh yeah that was to annoying. get in that was kind of annoying um so it wasn't even really easy to shop so I guess the big thing was we were like all right what the heck else do we do for six days in Las Vegas if you know we don't want to spend $25 a hand at the casino there's no shows to go to there's no pools to go to um we loved our um, luxury RV resort, which was great. There wasn't a lot of shopping to do. So we said, hey, let's go take a ride. Well, Hoover Dam, we thought we've seen that by helicopter before. Um, and we did uh, a helicopter tour a few years ago, which I also highly recommend. We did a sunset helicopter tour. We had a limousine pick us up from our hotel. They take you to the place where the helicopter is. They fly you out into the Grand Canyon in the daytime. Um right before the sun is setting. You drop you down in there. You get to look around. It's really cool, beautiful. We saw another couple pro- get propo- have a proposal down there when we were on ours. And then you fly back, and the sun is setting over the rocks of the Grand Canyon, and then they fly down Las Vegas Strip uh, at nighttime when you can see all the lights, and that's like a super cool. It was fairly expensive, once in a lifetime probably. Um, yeah, but it, it was worth it. Was like it. F- yeah, it was like five hundred dollars a person. That thing cost as much as our airfare to get to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, probably. But it, but it was it was worth it. I mean, just yeah, to, it was to another say, really cool romantic thing. To yeah, do. Um, just just really neat. So, anyways, we did. Remember, our pilot looked like she was twelve years old. Yes, yeah, so it was a really young girl that was our pilot when but we she did was it. Awesome. Yeah, and all of this was pre-COVID, so I don't know what they're doing now. Um, but we couldn't even go to Hoover Dam on land because that was closed. So we went to Red Rock Canyon, which is just like 15 minutes, 20 minutes from... Yeah, it was a short ride. Right outside of Las Vegas. I didn't even realize all of that was there, to be honest, because normally when we were there, we don't have a car. Um, But this time we had our Jeep. And so uh, this was now... We had been to Hawthorne and just had our first kind of Jeeping experience for a couple days. And George was dying to try more uh, with the Jeep and see what we could do. So um, we decided to take a ride out to Red Rock Canyon and they have like a whole kind of like all the parks you'll kind of get like they have like a scenic drive loop that you can do. And so we start going around the scenic drive loop and I can see that George is like can't wait to have get off the main road, get off the main road. Yeah. So the scenic drive is like a one way road. It's 13 miles. It's a beautiful ride. If you're in a regular car, highly recommend that. Good for an afternoon trip. If you want to add hikes in there and go hiking, there's some beautiful hikes. Um, you can uh, look at, you know, all the different options for you know kind of what you want to see. Well, we decided to kind of go off the well, we, we main found a, scenic drive. We found a dirt road on the map that we should have been our first alert red flag that the dirt road kind of disappeared off of the map. Okay. So we let's hold on. Just back it up for a minute. First off, we made some rookie mistakes. We went on a trail that we didn't know where it ended or how long it was. Right. We didn't mark our mileage for when we started the trail. So we didn't know even how long we had been driving. And then we had no idea of the difficulty of the trail. We had no water 
And because we were only going to do the 13 mile scenic route, I didn't even have on like hiking boots or anything. I just had on like flip flops. And I had said, we're not going to go hiking, right? We're just going to drive. Oh yeah, we're just going to drive. So totally unprepared for the adventure we're about to describe to you. We set off on this dirt road off the main road and everything was marked clearly. And then we hit the proverbial fork in the road, the dirt road. And one was the, the, the trail that we were on. And then the, the second, the left turn was the continuation of the trail, which then picked up a different name. I wish I could remember the name. And we were like, okay, let's go check it out. It looks cool. You know, how bad can this be? So off we go. And it, it was really nice. It was in the mountains in uh, Nevada, and we're going through some beautiful trails. It was really not that challenging at first. Um, we came across a couple of campgrounds that you can reserve, and they were really cool because they were way out there in the middle of nowhere. It, and so and the it was nice. Bureau of Land Management manages all of that land. Um, and so when we got there, we're like, why are there BLM signs everywhere? <laughs> and there's like, oh, it's not Black Lives Matter. It's Bureau of Land Management. So um, we, uh, you can contact BLM and uh, get a pass for the day. Yes, for the campsites. Yes. And there were several of them. We we came across it's a, like a, a, bunch a campsite of them. that you would camp in a tent. Yes, and there's nothing there, no facilities. So you're you're out in the middle of this trail, and you just set up your tent and hang out. And people love doing it. So we passed a bunch of those. The trail was fine, and then all of a sudden, it started getting a little gnarly. And we're like, all right, this is, you know, I was getting excited because this is exactly what I wanted to try. Some different terrain, you know, uh, some bigger climbs, some rocks, some this, some that. And so we were chugging along, having a great time. And then all of a sudden it just started getting worse and worse and worse. Okay, so let's just say when we say worse and worse and worse. For our experience at that time. For our experience at that time. Because we got to some places and there was like, I don't know, a boulder that was maybe like, let's say six inches no. tall. Yes, it you was. It was like river rocks. Six inches is that big? No, there were big, big Okay, big so rocks, maybe 12 big boulders. Inches. Yeah. I mean, it, we still had to climb o or roll over them. It, it was, you know, I was worried about bottoming out. So that tells you that they were pretty high. And... It was like a, an old dried out riverbed. So it's like windy. It's not even a straight dirt road with obstacles. It's a windy road with obstacles. So we're on this trail and all of a sudden we're like, man, we've been on this thing for a while. And now, you know, we got no water. We got no food. And it gets really tough. Really, I mean, literally, where Lisa and I both had to get out of the Jeep, walk down the trail to see if we could get past it and how or what what path we were going to take. And I'll give Lisa credit. She did a great job being my uh, trail Na director. Navigator. Navigator. Um, and we just kept pushing forward. But at one point, we're 
now we've been on this trail for what, like two hours? I think we've been on the trail for like three hours at this point. Okay, maybe three we hours. Don't know, now we are completely off of the map. GPS and isn't working. Our phones aren't working. We have zero clue where we are or how much further we have to go. So right. That was a bad, bad little, little panic sets in. And then to add fuel to the panic, my low fuel light comes on. I think that was when you're either going over or up, like down a big rock. Yeah, I was. It, now that we think about it and think back on it and not panicking, we were climbing down a hill, so probably the the gauge was off because as soon as we got leveled, the gas light went off. But we're still when, low. When that little light came on, I'm not gonna lie, I, I puckered up a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm thinking. We got no water. We got no food. We have no clue where we are. Our phones don't work. We're running out of gas. We're going to have to eat each other to survive. <laughs> I don't think it would have ever gotten that extreme. <laughs> but um, we really didn't know how long we had gone. And it probably was only about maybe seven or eight miles. The thing is, when you're riding in the Jeep, you're going you know, really slow. And so you may be driving three hours, but that might only be... Three miles, because you could be going miles. three miles an hour. Yeah, I mean, it really, really depends on, you know, the skill level of the trail. And I would say that trail that we were on was probably like a four. No, it was more than that. The one, Hell's Revenge was a seven. Yeah. It was a four. Four, okay. All right, whatever. All right, a four or a five, maybe. There was most of it. It was, was like somewhere between one and ten. <laughs> whatever. One is the easiest. It was not that, and it was not a 10. We've never done a 10. No. And we did sevens when we were in, in Moab, and I would say that it was very easy compared to that well, after we had already it, done it. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It was easy once we've done something harder, but at that point, that was the hardest we've done, and we were both shitting our pants. So the big thing was we didn't know where we were, and we didn't know how much farther, and that was stupid, and we didn't have any water, and... You know, it was a beautiful, I mean, it started out like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. And then it was like, oh crap, <laughs> how much farther? And I'm like, there's no, we're off this map now. And um, long story short, at that point, when the, when the gas light went on, George, we kind of just got quiet and, you know, we just sort of rode for, I think about maybe 30 minutes without really saying much, just kind of like, I know both of our heads were probably spinning like, what are we going to do? We're going to be trapped out here. Well, in my mind, I'm like doing this crazy panic math and I'm thinking, okay, I know we don't have enough gas to go back where we came from, so we got to push forward because I don't know how many hundreds of gallons it's going to take to go three miles back. <laughs> right, well, we had no but idea how far we'd gone. Out. Yes, so we, anyways, finally I see these whole range of power lines. And I was like, oh, there's power lines. I was like, worst case scenario, we can follow these power lines back to civilization. Like they lead to the city. And um, finally, I think maybe about five or 10 minutes after that, uh, the GPS on the Jeep started picking up a road and we were on that road. And um, yeah, it actually picked up the dirt road that we were on. Which it, it was just looking for a signal. Once I got the signal, we were No, fine. it had GPS signal the whole time. There was just no marked roads where we were. Oh, I thought we didn't pick it up. No, um, that's a, if you if you're not if you haven't really ever done the jeeping thing, one thing that you've got to be aware of 
um, or, or hiking, I would imagine is the same. Um, the GPS always works, even though you don't have phone service. So you have to download the maps ahead of time so that your GPS can work with the map that you've downloaded. Because if you don't download it, you have no Wi-Fi, it doesn't know where you are. So um, we got by, your GPS will always work on your phone unless you know, you're know you in a tunnel or something, or a cave. But, um, or on this trail in Las Vegas. It worked. We just didn't have any roads. There's no marked roads. It wasn't working. Okay, whatever. Anyways, so our... The exciting thing is that we made it out alive and well, we got onto the road and we saw the highway. And then once we got the GPS back, we could put it in there that we, uh, the, the coordinates to get back to our RV resort. And we were about 40 minutes away from home. So the funny punchline to me after this whole experience is, and I, I think some of you might've caught this, that that trail was maybe five miles long no it was longer than that but it takes forever because you're going three miles an hour no it was definitely longer than that okay it was seven miles long (laughs) maybe 10 let's let's say it was 10 miles long when we hit the paved road my light came back on and i looked at my display and it said 57 miles till empty and that's with the gas light on. So we could have gone back and forth and back and forth <laughs> four more times. But when panic sets in, you're about to run out of gas. I guess. I guess. Um, I think that was called Rocky Gap Road that we were on. Kind of sounds familiar. Yeah. And it's a four by four road. And it comes um, near Lama. If you go towards the sign of La Madre Spring. It's actually a really cool ride if you're planning for it. And if you have a Jeep, um, I do highly recommend it. You definitely want you to have at least a lift kit um, on your Jeep. But it was, aside from not being prepared for it, if you were prepared for it, it's really a beautiful day day drive um, yeah, on that if, Rocky if, Gap Road. If we would have done that after Moab, we would have not even worried about it. Yes. Right. But since we didn't have the experience, we were worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking on the hiking map and the upper White Rock Willow Spring picnic area um, with La Madre Spring Loop is six miles. And it says um, three and a half hour walk. So I feel like it's probably longer than six miles that we drove. Maybe, but it it, it wasn't. It, it's not like we dro- drove fifty miles. True, true that. Right. It was short as hell, and my gauge said we got fifty-seven <laughs> miles of gas left. <laughs> was my point. Okay, I got. Even you. if it was I a twenty-five right, mile. Right, right, right. Okay, you're right. Right. <laughs> Crazy, but so bottom line is, be prepared if you're going to do something like that, and if you can go with another Jeep, that's even better. But if you're going to go solo, at least be prepared. Plenty of water, plenty of food, um, whatever emergency stuff you need. Um, one of my big panics was getting a flat out there in the middle of nowhere. So as soon as I got home, I bought a big um, high lift jack. Gigantic jack that's on the on the hood, hood of the car. Hood of the Jeep. It's huge. I mean, the, our Jeep is so lifted that a regular jack won't do anything. So you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And it looks badass. <laughs> you know it does. 
So what else? What else happened in our Vegas crazy so, trip? I think that's. I think we've really covered a lot of things about Las Vegas. Um, I think the moral of the story here is if you're going to go during COVID, don't expect to have a normal experience if you're a, a regular at Las Vegas. If you've never been to Las Vegas, uh, it is a very, uh, I don't know, I would skip it right now, to be honest. There's no shows. There's hardly any, like, it's tough to gamble and... There's like, it's nothing, it's well, not again, your normal Vegas experience. But again, just do your homework because I heard the shows are back on. So they may be open. But it, like Lisa was saying, if this is your first time going to Vegas, don't judge it because it's not at all 100% capacity, 100% fun. Right. Um, it's, it's just. It's like we went to Key West and like Sloppy Joe's wasn't open. That's like one of the like, you know, main places during COVID. And it's just kind of like, eh. Uh, everywhere in the country. Uh, uh, nothing is normal right now. Uh, yeah. Mount Rushmore was not. Everybody kept telling us, oh, my God, there's nobody here. This is usually packed. Uh, the, the National Park, same thing. So just, you know, don't judge. Just go enjoy it. And then when everything's back up and running, go back and you'll see the difference. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I think that's about it. I think we've I covered think so. a lot. If you have any questions about Las Vegas, we are always here to answer them. We've got a lot of advice, and we could probably talk for hours about all the places that we've been to in Las Vegas, things we love, um, restaurants that we love, our favorite hotels and why we like them, our favorite casinos and why we like them, and maybe someday in the future when uh, Vegas is open back up after COVID, we'll uh, just do another podcast about all the really cool things to do um, not during COVID. Yes. And Vegas is not all about gambling anymore. There's so much to do and see. And um, when it's open 100%, you can pretty much do whatever. You can hire a limo to take you to shoot machine guns in the desert in Las Vegas. You can... They actually have a company that will let you dig a hole with an excavator. I mean, it's, the, <laughs> it's like whatever you, pretty much whatever you want to do, they'll find a way to do it for you. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So, all right. Well, hit us up on our website at rviewpodcast.com and you can just scroll down to the bottom. Please subscribe and like and share our podcast with your friends. Um, reviews are really important to us and it helps us with our rankings. So we would love it if you would... Just give us a review and uh, share with your friends and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks for joining us today on Our View Podcast. If you would like to hear more, don't forget to hit that subscribe and follow button and share this with your family and friends. You can send a direct message. Just visit www.rviewpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at rviewpodcast. That's the letter R, view podcast.